Yeah, so I still have my moments. Not obviously as bad Mm. as the start of the last 24 months, but it's just I find myself in these moments where I'm just not grounded and I think the more the more transient I have been in the last six months like that's been quite hard because I haven't had that solid structure or home base which I think in itself is um probably good for me in that it's teaching me how to be resilient and I don't think it is healthy to have this completely structured life like I think totally we need to be adaptable and Mm -hmm. resilient so I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline, the podcast. These are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. A lot has changed since I launched Offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast and thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today, Offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast, a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. I've admired the work of my next guest for some time. Ali Mae Carey is one of Australia's most exciting influencers. A learnt-it-on-the-job writer and photographer who has been blogging for eight years now, Ali's carved out a niche creating accessible content that is both visually inspiring and thoughtful. She's challenged me to think differently on numerous occasions, and what I love most about her is her drive to use her platform to inspire and spark change. It's called Substance After All. Here's Ali and I for Offline. She had a throat infection, but the show went on. I want to start with understanding what your upbringing was like. Okay. Because you were just saying to me that like, you were quite athletic, but your family is quite musical, which yeah. is interesting. So I would say I'm the average family. I grew up on the South Coast. I come And that's a good story, right? When you can say, yeah. I'm just like from an Yeah, small town. Family. Like I think it's like 6,000 people. Wow. So I'm not a Sydney girl, which I think a lot of people would think that I am, but I yeah, grew up on the South Coast and then when I was nine, I moved to the Central West yeah. um, to Forbes, which is a small country town, like country, country. Um, my parents are both teachers, so we kind of moved where mum and dad um, had work. So they were head teachers. Oh my God, so you've got like salt of the earth parents. Yeah. So nice. Definitely. Um, family of academics, which is quite interesting because I didn't go to uni. I was the first one out of my family four siblings or well, three siblings I'm the fourth child that decided to forge my baby. own I'm the baby mm. so my elder sister is 37 so that's a 10 year age gap um then my brother is 36 and my other sister is 34 so and the dot at the end wow <laughs> yeah what's that like having older siblings are you like 
close to them or are they more mentor figures in your life or friends or? I think the way we were brought up, we've always been a close-knit family, Um, not necessarily with our extended family but within our own family. Like we did a lot of sports together. Like I was my brother's little brother growing up because he never had a brother so he would take me to the football I'd hang out with his friends so he was a huge influence on my life Um, whereas my sisters were the typical moody teenagers when I was younger so I never had that close-knit relationship to them because I was too too little whereas my brother's this placid incredible person that just wanted to I don't know put me under his wing I guess which was so nice and he's still very much like that and that extends to his children now and it's so nice to see him as a dad yeah I have this with my um older sister Wendy we're only 12 months apart and where it's interesting that growing up that was really challenging for both of us I think and because we look very similar as well you have competition well not competition but it's kind of like it's identity I think exactly you know and people would call me Wendy and her Allison and I think just too close in age and maybe um going through different things but the same things but in different ways and then now we're really close so it's Mm. interesting that I, I would say we had quite a challenged relationship in our teenage years but, but now you've kind of figured that out as you a friendship yeah and I'm like that with my sisters now as well we're all vastly different working in vastly different areas but we can all come together and appreciate that now whereas mm. growing up there's many many fights yeah. <laughs> what do your what do your family think about what you do um I think when I first started they didn't understand what this was because obviously social media and blogs and websites and things like that was so new because I've been doing this since – oh, I've had it – I think it's nine years yeah, old. You were in, early. Yeah, mm. Nine years old in April next year. I started – I don't know if a lot of people know this. I started off with a blog called The Unknown Pleasures and I ran that for two and a half years and then had a six-month break, kind of decided what I wanted to do creatively and at the time I was modelling as well um, – so I think at first they were just like, oh, she's putting like things she's online. A cre- she's a creative. She's a creative. Oh, God, oh. she's a creative. Put that in my Instagram bio. Because um, <laughs> you worked, yeah, how long did you work as a model for? From the age of 18 to about 24. Wow, what was that like? I don't think I'm necessarily cut out for mm. the industry in that I didn't enjoy going to castings. I didn't enjoy losing out jobs because I wasn't blonde or my size was wrong like I just don't agree with that sort of judgment or like being not not being able to use my brain in a certain way but I guess the evolution for me from that was that I wanted something more tangible and something that I could call my own Mm. um so although I did have a successful career I just knew it wasn't my forever, if that mm. makes sense. Like, oh mate, I'm like right there with you yeah. right now. It's, yeah, and it's a uh, it's a calling. Yeah, to leave it as well, and that's what's so hard when it's not broken mm. and exactly. there's nothing wrong with it, and you're making ta- money and exactly, and it's taking that chance on yourself, which is sometimes quite daunting because you don't know where that road's going to leave you, that mm. lead you. Sorry. Um, so yeah, at the time I was modelling, I started this blog. And then I had a vintage online store. Did you? I did. What? It was called Who Killed Bambi. So Is it I w- still around? 
I kind of stopped that when I rebranded oh, as it on the internet. I didn't bury it. I, like I still wear that as a badge of honor. Like it was cool. Totally. Um, well, it, when you even think about like Gary Pepper Vintage, yeah, was, exactly. So it was around the same time as that. Interesting. Yeah. So I used to do road I trips. Just have to take I was my like, hair down because it's giving me <laughs> a tension headache. It looks cute, but it's not. It looks really cute. Cute on my brain. Okay. Um, I used to do road trips from Queensland where I moved straight after school down to the South Coast when I visited mum and dad and I'd buy like all this product and then sort of where all the good stuff was. Yeah. Because it's like it's so not picked out there, is it? Exactly. All the country towns, they're like little gems. Um, And then I would rework them sell it online um so then i when i had a healthy little retail business i did it did so well like it was on the front cover of peppermint magazine frankie magazine Stop. like it was doing really You're well a bit nine lives this is okay see mm. i knew there was so much i didn't know about you all the lives so before this one <laughs> and then you stopped doing that so i stopped doing that purely because i moved back to new south wales and i was in a black hole for internet like I used to have to get one of those dongles. It was $200 for 18 gig. And I would go through that like in a week. Like, I don't know, I've got 30 gig on my phone for a month now. Like I can't fathom what that would have been like five years ago. So I was at this interesting crossroad where I was like, well, I still want to blog, but that's going to use up all my internet. And then I was like, fascinating. I couldn't do my vintage because I was uploading like like my curated edits were like probably about a hundred items every fortnight. Wow. And then I, you could not get onto the information superhighway. (laughs) Absolutely. So what I did was I was like, well, I'm just going to have to take a hit. If I build my blog, I'll have a customer base and then I can go back to that. And then I had all these people being like, where have you gone? Like blah, 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 blah. But then my blog took off with it, like, because I rebranded to Substance and then it took off and then Who Killed Bambi kind of actually died. Did <laughs> we resurface it? I feel like that's a good little business model for yeah. now. Well, that's kind of – I always want to go back to a customer base. Like, I love having that customer base and that mm. rapport with people. Like, there's a difference between having a blog and having that readership verse helping people style – and service it. It's and service, service, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I just really enjoy that mm. kind of area of business. Oh God. Yeah. These things I didn't know about you. Um, so the desire to move into writing and more creative work, given you came from such an academic family, like that's so interesting to me that that must have been quite innate for you in a way that you knew you were kind of, I don't know, left of centre of your family, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like if I you weren't going to go down that traditional Exactly. Well, I don't know if it was necessarily like left a centre to my family because we're all very creative. Like my mum used to sew our clothes when we were little. Mm. She can paint. She's a great writer. Um, So I think we get that from her. Um, But I moved out of home at 16 um, and I had a falling out with my parents for probably a good – 18 months. Wow, that must so have been so hard for them. It was you were so little. So little, but we're stronger now mm. because of it. Me too. Um, and I, I have to say I've got the same story. We weren't um, out of touch for that long, but I left at 16 and yeah. came back and left and came back. And, you know, I think it is it, – that's certainly um, character building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I grew up a lot in that time and I guess it just kind of showed me what was important and what I wanted. And I think I – 
because I came from that family of academics and I knew I didn't want to go to uni. I had more to prove to them. Mm. So circling back to what you said earlier when you were like, how do they view what you do now? I think there's just this really nice understanding from my family and I guess they see your success and they see what you're working on and that builds that knowledge, I guess. Um, They don't question what I do. Like I think for the first year they were like, dad would make this joke like, are you just playing games on your computer? I'm like, dad, no, (laughs) I'm not 12. (laughs) And now they understand like they actively are like, what are you working on? And then like it's just about educating people, I think, because there's that stigma of, oh, you're just an influencer. I'm like, Mm. I don't ever want to be pigeonholed as just like I think that's anything in life like you're not just a mom you're not just a mother I'm sorry you're not just a wife Mm. like things like that that you're more than what people think Mm. you are more than the labels and exactly that you have defined the podcast in a nutshell a big part of my ambition is the women young or old, because I've kind of been speaking a lot about young women, but actually a lot of the feedback I've had is from women our age as well, really appreciating it because I think I had thought maybe we all knew mm. it was sort of filtered and that it wasn't real. And But I've actually found that so many people are like, oh, wow, like mm. this is, you know, has been so eye-opening. But part of it is the education around um, being an influencer is an amazing thing and being able to build your own business and monetize that business and being controlled but without the education and the experience and the life experiences you lack resilience you lack the ability to get back up again and there's but even just hearing this small part of your story helps me understand why you are the way you are Mm. and why your ambition around like obviously producing content of substance you know hence why your website's called that and I think within that time when I went from the unknown pleasures to who killed Bambi and stopping modeling, I wanted, I felt like everything that I was doing lacked direction and lacked substance. And I think that's where um, substance came into fruition. It was kind of just like this pivotal stage of my life where I wanted something more. And it was around the time where people were only sort of posting outfits of like what they're wearing and things like that and I was like but what are people actually gaining from that like some of the highest read things on my blog now articles on my blog now are educational pieces or thought pieces Mm. where people can take away something for themselves and see a little bit of themselves in those articles Mm. Um, I'll never produce something where it's just like me wearing something and being like I look pretty in high-waisted pants. Like mm. there's something so vacuous about that and mm. that doesn't sit well with me. I relate yeah. to that. I mean... You may or may not know that Ali and her husband separated. Not a small thing for any couple, but I can only imagine especially difficult when you're in the public eye and you also work together. Out of respect for Ali's privacy, I didn't want to spend too much time on it, but from what she does share, we hope it is helpful to other women who might be going through it. You have had a big couple of years, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'd say about like 18 to 24 Mm. months. How are you feeling now? I mean, I have my days. Mm. Like I'd lie. I'd be lying to you if I said I was fine. Mm. I still 
get very anxious or get into these moments, especially with the weather, how it's been in the last three weeks in mm. Sydney. Are you quite affected by that? I'm very affected by That's interesting by weather. Um, yeah, so I still have my moments. Not obviously as bad mm. as the start of the last 24 months, but it's just I find myself in these moments where I'm just – not grounded and I think the more, the more transient I have been in the last six months, like that's been quite hard because I haven't had that solid home structure base. or home base, which I think in itself is um, probably good for me in that it's teaching me how to be resilient and I don't think it is healthy to have this completely structured life. Like I think totally. we need to be adaptable and mm-hmm. resilient, so – For me at the moment, um, sitting in the grey area, Mm -hmm. my God, you know, and having to wake up every day and be like, you're okay and you know what you're doing and where you're going, Mm -hmm. but it's the noise around Around. me that I find the hardest. But I'm a real homebody, so I salute you in that sense that I have to come home and I have to shut the door and I have to be very quiet and then I move things around. <laughs> that seems to become a bit of a thing. But um, but the home for me, and maybe I'm a Cancerian, so it's like I'm definitely that's it my safe mm. sort of place. Yeah, I definitely get that. Like I would say that I'm I'm an Aries, but I'm not completely into knowing exactly what that entails. Mm. Um, but I think I do know that like I'm outgoing, but I'm also introverted. So I'm like an extroverted introvert. Mm. In that I like being around people, but I definitely need my space. Mm. Um, and I think I've been the most social I have been in the last 12 months. And I don't know if, like whether that's like – I think in the last 12 months I've felt the most I have in myself mm. for a while, but in saying that I still have had my up and down days. Mm. It's um, like uncharted territory. Yeah, and it's quite difficult because it's like – not all of your friends understand what that feels like because they see you mm. and I'm not one to project my problems onto people. So they say this like bubbly alley but then like I might have had like a really tough week and I found that hard with social media as well because I have not disclosed anything really mm. to do with what's happened in the tw- last 12 months um, but it's interesting because – you go and Google my blog and like the first like four hits on Google is like Ali Carey divorce, Ali, Ke- Ali Hayward divorce, Ali Carey husband. Like there's all these things where people want to know. How interesting. And it's like. So people are looking for that. Absolutely because I haven't. You haven't given them the, I haven't the given four them, Like here it is. This no. is what happened. Yeah. And I don't think I need to. Like mm. there are sacred things that I need to respect in myself mm. and in um Jonathan and mm. things like that um I changed my Instagram name well, we spoke the, about this I yeah back um, around that time and people were like congratulating me on getting married and I was like well it's quite the opposite of that um oh my god that must but people were like so hard it was like I like imagine like having to explain it to your family and closest friends but then having like the greater public wanting to know or even clients wanting to know like if because we worked together together wanting to um book us for the same jobs and it's like you're opening that wound every time you have to tell people and 
Um, Did you get good at just a standard line that you would use? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I guess I just treated it as like a business move. Like they didn't need to know all the details. And I like if you don't know me, then I don't think you des- not deserve, but like I don't need to disclose that. Like mm. I don't owe you anything. No, exactly. And with people querying my name, it's kind of like – I think I put out at the time, like, I'll address it at some point, but that was my thing so people would stop asking. Mm. Like, I was never going to address it. Like, mm. I'm not going to write, like, a heartfelt. Well, you heard it. Thou- <laughs> You're not getting the fucking story. Yeah. <laughs> thousand um, mm. word article of why, mm. like, I separated. Like, mm. I don't know. It's just not. There's a really great, um, I feel like I'm going to get it wrong, which is going to be tragic, but, um. Pandora Sykes, who mm-hmm. um, obviously is everyone's dream girl, um, on her and Dolly's podcast, The High Low, she speaks about um, Instagram and post-baby and I guess that deeply personal stuff um, around it being I'm – I want to get this right – I'm not withholding, I'm withdrawing. Exactly, and you're cho- oh, and then so you've got that choice as well. Like, mm. oh, I don't know, because that's the thing is being in the public eye, and I would say this has to extend everywhere from influencer to celebrity to you feel like public property. I think is Absolutely. part of it, and that because people have followed your journey and supported you, that you perhaps owe them Absolutely. an explanation. But it's entirely the opposite of that, and like. M- Mine is not anywhere near, you know, on the scale of yours, but having to have a press release and media drop about a resignation for me was very overwhelming because it's my business. Absolutely. But then this – It's kind of taken out of your hands when you have to do something like that. And what what will people think and what will people say and – why can't I just do this quietly like everybody else gets yeah, to do it? Why does everything need to be vocalised these days? Yeah. So it's interesting you saying at the start like that my life is quite public but it, that's why I, I drew it back to it being that it's mm. edited public mm. because there's so much that people yeah. don't know, like so much. Mm. And as they, yeah, shouldn't I don't think. But I do want to talk about the content that you create and I – I have – and part of the reason I invited you to be on the podcast is I've admired the Thank way you. you tell stories and the way you produce content for a long time. And, you know, when you're out there looking at everyone producing and everyone's a self-publisher, right, there is different, I think, standards and styles and Absolutely. how people um, bring forward their creativity. You have been so interesting to watch because you've also challenged me to think harder about – social programming and design and like I'm married to a creative director but I'm the words girl you know yeah and so it's been so interesting to go oh wow like you're telling visual stories as well like and you've been right into photography lately which you might have been the whole time but I've just seen you yeah I've been pushing it a lot more I think as a creative I'm never satisfied Mm. I've always I guess you always want to evolve and challenge yourself especially especially working for yourself and working a freelance life like everyone's like what's your day-to-day and I'm like I don't have I have structure but I don't have a set day of 
like today will be photography or today will be writing. Like it's too hard because it's very much in the moment for me mm. and I guess client-based as well and what I want to work towards that month. Because mm. um, you're – mistake me if I'm wrong but, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need another it's coffee. It's Friday. It's only midday. What is it, one o'clock? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Or I'll just go straight to the wine is probably yeah. a more accurate representation of what I'll do. Um, but you're doing – more creative direction and concepts by way of client work absolutely versus just say instagram posting or yes i've never wanted to sort of put all my eggs in one basket i view instagram as a rented space so i've always wanted to ensure that if that was deleted tomorrow like youtube was yesterday (laughs) um I still have a career Mm. so it's working forward and having that skill set that can translate across the board Mm. um so in saying that I have always I've never let my blog fall by the wayside I've always updated that regularly I might produce content for Instagram but a lot of my work is content producing for stuff that you may not see so Mm. it might be behind the scenes whether that be writing or photography um and then it's production of content for my own blog and then Instagram as well, but it's not the main yes. arena. Mm. Is arena the right word? I think so. <laughs> and I think it's like um, an amazing education for, uh, I think, small business women, large, you know, big businesses, publishing, influencers in general. I remember about four years ago, a big part of the strategy I wrote for the sites I was on was diversifying our referral base. And, you know, at the time it was challenging because everyone was just like, just grow Facebook and just get Instagram followers. Mm. And I don't know, it's that futurist mentality of going like, you guys, like we can't give away our audience to people. And we're also like every day we upload something, we're giving Instagram content for free. Absolutely. (laughs) Like as a business, that just does not make sense. But that concept of a rented and owned audience I think is relatively unspoken about, particularly in this market. So the fact that you have been thinking that way for a long time. I've thought that way since the beginning Mm. because it's almost bringing it back to modelling days where like my career was dictated by my booker or the clients that wanted to work with me in a rented space because, I don't know, I may not book a runway job or magazine or a TVC. Um, Whereas with my blog, I can just continue to produce that content because I own my domain, I own my website. So I never wanted to do the same with Instagram, if that makes sense. No, it's smart. Yeah. What do you think um, as you reflect on the last – 12 to 18 months when we think about self mm-hmm. and development of self, you know, it's the hardest times that teach us the most about who we really are. What do you think you've learned about you? I've learned to back myself. I think having been in a relationship since I was 17 to 26, 27, I always had someone to rely on whether that be going to the shops to buy eggs (laughs) or 
deciding on my next career move or learning Photoshop or someone editing my work, I always had someone there to catch me when I fell. Or even financially, you always, like if you want to take a step back from work, you've got that person there to catch you because they'll still have that foundation of their work. Literally my life right now. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So I think in the last 12 months, I haven't second guessed myself as much and I've become a lot more confident in my abilities and my work. And as a creative, I think dating someone or being married to someone so creative almost capped me creatively because I was always worried about what I produced because he could do it better like because wow. he was older than me so like the I felt like confidence That's yeah so I just think like I've been empowered creatively and I've produced stuff for myself as well as for Instagram like I think I used to produce content that I know would get likes or that mirrored what other people were doing whereas now I pretty much create content that like services me and makes me feel good it may not get lags people may not understand it but like it's made me feel good like challenging myself whether that be like with lighting or like making cool gifts or is it gifts Mm. or gif a gifs (laughs) I say gifs yeah but so many people I know say gifs yeah and then for ages I was saying Mimi's. Says <laughs> so the digital publisher. Mimi's. Memes. Um, memes. <laughs> yeah, so I think I've just like pushed through immensely. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge thanks to my manager as well, because without her I would have crumbled. Alex. Yeah. I love Alex. I love you, Alex. If you're listening. We love you, Alex. <laughs> well, even just on my side, like having yeah. worked with a lot of and engaged a lot of influencers, obviously for commercial jobs and stuff. Um, it's really interesting like how important your manager oh, is for representing yeah. you and what you the Absolutely. work you want to do Absolutely. versus the work that maybe is paying really well and therefore as an insane commission for them, right? Yeah. So it's like the motivators of are they there for you as a person and a brand or financial gain? I think that was a huge, yes, learning curve for me. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. No, I would definitely say Alex is there through the thick and thin with me and she's been my soundboard for every facet of my life. Mm. And this is interesting for us to bring forward. I've mentioned before the importance of publicly calling out the women who have helped us on our way, whether that be on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn or in our personal conversations. She also brings forward an interesting observation that it's often the people we've known for less time that truly see us for the women we've grown to become. get effective in home life and her work life. Yeah. And I think within our industry there's so many strong women that, I don't know, it's nice to be around that. So within like the last 12 months, it's nice to be able to talk to people that absolutely know me, but then it's also nice to talk to people that don't necessarily know me that well so then there's no fear of judgment and it's mm-hmm. just kind of like it's such a pivotal moment of my career or like when I'm second guessing myself or anything like that they've just listened yeah. and I know Pip being away with her um a month ago like there's so many similarities within our lives that it's nice to see her within her 30s 
just killing it and you're just like, oh, okay. There's still so life's, much to come Life's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. I've been talking about this a lot. Like we um, we really beat ourselves up feeling like today is our whole story. Absolutely. And that's something I've really had to learn to be okay with. Like my mum will tell you that ever since, ever since I was – I don't know, four, I would need to know what my week looked like or I would need to know what the day looked like. And it's loosening those reins now as a 28-year-old because, like, I'm I'm still very much needing that control but I've now learned that, like, having that control doesn't service you um, at all, whether that be in your personal life or your career. Like, it, it can't change anything mm. knowing the answers. Um, just gives us anxiety. Exactly, exactly. It's so anxiety-inducing. And my best friend said to me the other day um, that if I had have known that my marriage would have ended in divorce, would you have chosen a different path? And I was like, well, no, because at the time it was right for me. Mm. So you can never do something based on the outcome. It's totally. At like, the time. At the time. That served me. Exactly. Yeah. And mm. you just can't live life with regrets because mm. it's character building. You learn from it. Mm. It creates who you are. What makes you stronger? And do you have perhaps for women who are trying? Maybe, yeah. I think you've got actually quite a unique and interesting insight and perspective on divorce but relationships broadly by way of how we sort of project them out on social media, what advice might you have for women who perhaps are intuitively knowing they're in the wrong relationship but we do a lot of keeping up appearances on social media? It's interesting because that's what I've really struggled with in the last 12 months in that if you didn't know me in real life you wouldn't have known what I was going through and that was by no means trying to project this perfect life Mm. it was more that I was using that creative space as a way forward for me because it gave me that focal point and I had to continue um that's really interesting yeah so I never it was a distraction it was a distraction at the end Mm. of the day like it was something that I knew I had to continue doing for like to pay the bills and everything like that. But also I was – there's something that you get out of being creative in that space. Mm. Like I guess distraction but also it's kind of meditative. Oh, that's Medi- nothing me- like I, Meditative. Me- meditative, I think. Yeah. I don't you know. That. I said I me, know. me. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's with me today. I can't speak. Maybe um, I should have given us coffee. You've got water and I've got ginger tea. Yeah. Boring. It's Friday. Guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I just found solace in doing that mm. and also cooking. Mm. Um, I know your chickpeas. Yeah. Mm, so good. I tried Baked to make them the chickpeas. other night and I was like, what's that smell? And they were completely black. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so the advice that I would give women in that same position, I guess I would just say listen to your inner voice and your intuition. But also the lead up to like the end of a relationship, there's so much work to be done. Like it's not a decision you can go through lightly or, yeah, 
It takes a long time. It takes a long time to process and to know when to walk away. Mm. It's not something you just wake up one day and go, oh, well, that was fun. Mm. Thanks for the last 10 years. Exactly. It's a decade, man. It's so much more than that. Yeah. No, I think um, I hate to keep bringing it back to my job but like that's where I am right now and this won't be my story I'm sure in another few years but it took me 12 months to pluck up the courage to even have a discussion about you know what would it look like for me to to move on and how how can I do that um gracefully for myself because that's a big motivator for me in life but also in a way that protects the people around me, I'm sure Absolutely. there's some, you know, relationship in that too that, you know. And you, it's that fear of the unknown as well, yeah, which I not think. Not having to explode it all to leave it. It's like how do I move through this in a way that, you know what, it's going to take time mm. and it's kind of certainly for me very slow steps out that you don't really know, yes, until, you know, literally like for me, yeah, not that long before it was like, okay, well, today's the day. You know mm. what I mean? I had to put a day on it as well. Yeah, you know? which you can't necessarily do in a relationship. It's like, mm. well, it's Tuesday at 2 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. well, I think yeah. that's really – I think it's just – Good advice though in terms of like A, figuring out what your passion is and what inspires you and lights you up and focusing on that because we all need distractions from – you know, the darker, more shadow sides of our lives, but then also just listening because we ha- there's signals and signs and to your point with your inner voice, like he's just fucking yapping away all oh, day and if you stop and so listen. so annoying sometimes. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Throw in some hormones in the mix of that and she just won't shut up. I know, too much, <laughs> too much. I'm a bit like, leave me alone for a minute. Let me just enjoy this time. I know. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think that's really good advice. Um, One of the other things I wanted to bring forward, um, one of the most rewarding emails I got in that role was from you actually. Really? Which I've never told you. I'll tell you now. Yeah. Um, But you wrote to me and told me that you wanted to write more Mm -hmm. and that you wanted to develop your skill set as a writer and that you wanted to be producing more and more work of substance and, you know, we call it Absolutely. sort of like content with consequence. And, um, yeah, I tell that story because, I, you know, selfishly for me, I want other people to know about you. Yeah. And that's a big, <laughs> yeah, you. joy of mine on this podcast is bringing forward who you guys really are and all of those closet things that you wouldn't really project that out on no, your Instagram. Course. But in terms of self-development, like, and I think it's you've been right in there, you know. So important. Like it terrifies me that there's I get emails or DMs on Instagram being like, "Have you gotten to where you are?" or "How can I be you?" or seriously, some people have said that. That sounds really bad. I was like second guessing that for a stage. You're like, "No, that happened." I had a girl, a young girl, wanting to move in with me at one point because she was having a tough time at home and wanted like a bit wow. of structure and things like that and it's just kind of like it's so much more than what you see in that filtered world like Mm -hmm. the ups and downs that -hmm. I've gone through in the last decade post-school actually 11 years post-school um and it's so much more than what people think Mm. 
But um, the fact that you still hold this strong um, ambition and drive to develop as a woman, I think like don't underestimate how incredible that is to still be trying to develop yourself while going through something really hard. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of people can only sit in the hard. I just figure there's no point wallowing in Mm -hmm. self-pity. It doesn't achieve anything. If anything, it sets you back. And why not just move forward? Move forward. And where does that come from, do you think, your desire to want to give back and produce valuable content? Like is there not necessarily mentors in your life but do you have kind of that North Star? Because I feel like you do understand your purpose. I've gotten that from you that you know it's more than this and you're constantly kind of seeking it out. I think it comes from my family. I've always been, I don't know, I guess – seen what my sisters have gone through in their personal lives and everything like that I just recognize especially within our industry where you could be like oh my gosh there's a famous person or there's money like I've just never been affected by such trivial things and there's a greater meaning to life than material things Mm -hmm. I'm not impressed by that I'm impressed by character I'm impressed by what someone's opinion of different things are. I think we swarm together like that actually. Yeah. Like if I even think about the relationships we've sort of held and hosted in our industry side, but then even the women I've had on this podcast, we the more I explore, the more I realise why we're drawn to each other. Yeah. You know? Similar ethics, similar morals. And I think that's when you're producing something for the internet which has a digital footprint forever, you have to be so cautious. Oh God, you do. I keep saying this. You Like for writers, like you are your byline. Absolutely. I'm sorry but like yeah. and it's searchable for the rest of your life so what are you going to do with it? Absolutely. And I think that's what I've always brought it back to. Like I've always wanted to have that meaningful – like why not if you've got the platform, like mm. every girl looks good in a pair of jeans – why not actually talk about something that matters? Mm. And I think that's where I'm kind of at in my career as well. Like going to Uganda at the start of the year, it's like, well, I've got the platform to be able to educate people. Mm. There's something empowering in that. Well, I had wanted to talk about this because you inspired me, you know, and I think the charity work, my view on that and how I'm kind of thinking about that and any volunteering, it's going to be discreet because I don't think, and I know you're the same, it's not doing it so that you can say, oh, look at me, I give back. Exactly. And that's something you have to be so cautious of. So there's the, to your point, the, I have a platform, so how am I going to use it to educate perhaps other women? But then there's so much work that happens that nobody sees that you're not doing for like the trophy or the badge or but I, you know, I, I knew that you spent quite a long time looking for the right charity Absolutely. and that you needed transparency around where the money was going and what they were exactly. doing. But can we talk about that and also tell us what it was like? Because it's a huge ambition of mine 
It was really interesting. I think it was around this time last year I reached out to my audience because that's what I really like in my audience in that it's not just me educating them. They're giving back to me as well when I ask them questions because although like social media gives minorities a voice, it's also giving like an even smaller minority like your followers a voice. So I didn't actually realise at the time that you did have to be like it's quite naive of me, but cautious of the brands or companies that you um, align yourself align, with, I guess. Yes, or align yourself with. Um, because it's not because spoken about. No, yeah. and like the money may not be spent correctly or you might actually be hindering um, the locals there. So like, for example, if you're going over there to purely actually build schools or – help in a position where they already have professionals you're taking away from the local workers Mm -hmm. which is a hindrance in itself um so with the foundation that I went over with I did a lot of research to know a where the dollar was being spent what work they were actually producing for the schools and it just all aligned like having come from my parents being teachers like I knew I wanted to do something around education because Every child deserves an education, no matter where you are, no matter what background you come from. So, yeah, that really aligned with me um, and it just made sense. Mm. And when I was there, like it made even more sense. Like, And I was very cautious at the time that I wasn't searching for something that I needed just based on what I went through. But also at the same time, it was kind of healing because it put things into perspective. That's so powerful. Yeah. Like it was just kind of like everything you're going through doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like it matters to a certain degree, but then on top of that, it's like there's a big old world out there. And we there's. joke about the term first world problem. Exactly. But it's it literally actually. literally what they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What um, was it like? Hard to see. It was harrowing. It was hard to see because it's like you get off the plane to Entebbe and it's just like smack bang in your face. Like from, I think, it took me 52 hours to get there. Wow. Purely because of like missed flights and stuff like that. But like that just didn't matter. Mm. Like once you got every, there. Yeah, everyone was like, oh, poor you. And I'm like, no, not poor me. Like, well, the fact that I have the financial means to get on a fucking plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like, it's fine. Like let's just get on with it. Um Yes, well, they like to wrap us in cotton wool on those things too. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. I mean, I haven't been on a sort of charity trip, but even like press trip side. Oh, we're so sorry. It takes so long to get here. It's like, you've got me in New York, mate. Yeah. Let's get a cocktail. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> get me a dry martini. Yeah. Um, and I'll fly economy for anyone <laughs> listening. <No. laughs> um, yeah, so it's just one of those, I think probably the first moment in my life that I'd obviously been in an instant like that. So it's kind of like it took me so long to digest what actually was happening over there. And I still don't know if I've fully processed everything. Like I did it back in May, but it's just things like coming back to Fashion Week the week after I was there. And I was just like, you know what? I don't fucking care if you are annoyed that you're not sitting in front row. Like these things don't matter. Like, let's all just, like, get down off our high horse Mm -hmm. and it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just, like, 
learning also how our worlds connect. So, like, it's okay. I feel like nothing's going to change in our worlds. So, it's just educating the greater masses about what is happening over there. Mm. Like, you can be clever about what you're doing over here, whether it's, like, raising awareness or helping raise funds and things like that. Like, it's yeah, it's an Mm. interesting connection yeah was unexplored for a lot of people and I hope if there's women listening that have been thinking about their social conscious and maybe wondering how they might get effective I hope this inspires them um because when you did it it definitely you know, tugged on my heart in a way that said that you always said you would do something like this and, you know, you've been busy being busy, you know, for the last decade and that has been a huge driver for me in having more space and time to explore how I can give back. I think this podcast is one small way but then the stuff that, yeah, you're doing that I'll do that you'll never see, you know. Absolutely. Um, And I think that's so important where we live in a world where we're constantly switched on giving to people in like a digital sense. Like we also have to be giving to ourselves offline mm -hmm. as well as – Nice plug, thank you. (laughs) As well as um, to other people offline. Like Mm. I sometimes wonder like if we're always connected, like how much are we giving – to those people around us like or if you're not. always glued onto your phone it's like well mm. I'm not in this moment with you mm. we're just not um we're not ex- we're not in our own lives we're not, not experiencing our own experiences it's almost like we're bystanders to yeah. every single moment of our lives and I'm feeling a real um a real revolt against that and I think that's really exciting. It's not going to be on the mass sort of um, macro scale, I guess, but I think, yeah, particularly in our industry has been interesting hearing from people. I've been talking about my DMs as this really sacred space like Mm. and so much of even what I have shared, it's like not even much there's a lot of very private conversations going on Absolutely. that I would never. Um, and I always ask before I, you know, would share anything anyway. But there's been um, a lot of relating around the same issues of worth and value and a lot of how did I get here? How did this become so important to me? And then how do I reverse gracefully out of it? Yeah. But then what the fuck am I going to do after? It's it's fascinating. Um all of this is a really good segue into my final question, which I feel like has oh, become a bit of a drum, drum roll Drum roll. Um, but, yeah, the podcast exists as an exploration of self. Um, part of, I guess, what concerned me was all the labels, as we've been talking about, that we put on ourselves and that society puts on us. And I wonder when you take away – And like, you know, for you, the labels have been heavier in the last 12 to 18 months as well. You know, the way you sit in and identify with divorcee or whatever it's called. Is that it? Divorcee? Divorcee? 
I don't, I don't know. know. There's a lot of questions around our <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> I even said that wrong. Gosh. I need a wine. Pronunciation. <laughs> I don't know. Pronunciation. <laughs> um, but, yeah, when you're, I guess, when you're sitting in your true self, how is that manifesting itself now and how do you identify with with that? I think it's been a constant evolution for me. I don't think – I think I'm still – I'm not searching for something, but I'm still learning who I am as Ali, which I've never had before. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting as much as it is scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terrifying. But mm-hmm. at the moment, I'm just – I am content. Like, I am content with how much I've grown – but there's always that drive that I'm like, I need to be more. Mm. But it's, I guess, just learning how to be okay with the now. Definitely need to get better at that. Mm. Me too. Well, I would love to thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. You're honestly someone I've been looking forward to I've been so talking excited. to. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them.